right, everybody, you have just tuned in to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated. And it is great to be back with you once again in this very, very odd time that we are living in with uh, pandemic-related things and and all that. And we will do our best to avoid that. But to be very honest with you, it's impossible because it is starting to affect a little bit about the operation of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the National Football League. So we will have to talk a little bit about that, but there will be um, some some player and football talk involved in that as well. And I'm sure plenty of laughs along the way. And um, before we get any further, Ian is back this week after a one-week hiatus uh, after his daughter was born on July 4th. So, Ian, congratulations. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's exciting to be a girl dad now. I guess it's the year of the girl dad, apparently, like everyone I know is having girls. So it's pretty cool. Hey, yeah, that's right. It is. Uh, we need to get yourself a t-shirt, maybe maybe a new idea for uh, DC4L custom tees, shameless plug. And uh, yeah, girl, girl that, dad. That poor girl, though. Four older brothers. Oh, four my older God. brothers. Yeah. See, I don't that, see it as poor. Oh. Gr- I think she's going to be just totally fine i think she's going to be protected those boys uh, to say the least yeah. i think i think that any boy who tries to date her is in deep doo-doo <laughs> yeah you're probably right um, for sure that of course is the voice of uh ben who's um uh taking a moment away from his protesting in portland uh and evading the federal authorities that are there um yeah, yeah. <clears throat> federal authorities um but anyway uh ben how's it going out there it's fine, man. I, uh, you know, it was a beautiful day. Uh, worked, got, uh, got a workout in afterward. Um, uh, now I had a little dinner and I'm drinking a beer and I've got three fingers of whiskey sitting here waiting, waiting for me. So could be a lot worse. Could be worse. Right. It could be me. I'm down to one finger. So, uh, which is usually the one my wife gives me. Um, so, <laughs> oh, I couldn't resist. Wow. Anyway. I know, I know. Anyway, uh, welcome back, everybody, and uh, let's just jump right into this. Uh, It looks very much like, I I don't know that this is a 100% done deal yet, but it looks very much like the NFL will not have any preseason games this year. Um, And, you know, I I know for a lot of fans, it's like, yeah, and big deal. Um, We like preseason games um, for for numerous reasons, but... um, Ian, uh, you've been to preseason games before, and you've seen preseason games on TV. Um, where do you fall on this idea of not having any? So preseason games are generally terrible football, but terrible football is better than no football at all. Right. Um, that being said, <laughs> if I had to choose between having the preseason and risking the regular season versus skipping the preseason and being able to have a whole regular season, I would choose a whole regular season any day of the week. We're going to see some really sloppy football the first few weeks of the regular season. Um, but where it's really going to hurt is those bottom of the roster guys that like show out on special teams during the preseason. Yeah. Cause that's one of the hardest things to practice in, in camp or wherever, like you really need game action for that. And those we talk about it every year. The last couple of roster spots are always won by guys who contribute on special teams. And you know, I mean, yeah. people on Twitter have even taken to tracking special teams tackles during the preseason, just so they, you know, kind of have a, a, a stock on you know which guys have shots at those last few roster spots because 
the guys who make tackles or the guys who make plays or the guys who get roster spots. Yeah. And really, I mean, look at um, Johnny Holton last year. I mean, he had a, yeah, a, a great preseason um, you know, with kick returns, with coverage. He made a number of, of coverage tackles in addition to having some some big catches on offense. And, I mean, he really outplayed Deontay Spencer last year during the preseason. And, I mean, if you would have said, oh, the Steelers should keep Spencer over Holton, like people would have said you were crazy after the preseason, after the way mm-hmm. they played. But then Obviously, the regular season wrong. comes around. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, the regular Ultimately. season comes around and Spencer balls out in Denver and Holton is just another flame player. I, I wouldn't say that that Spencer balled out in Denver, but he he's a very good, well, very good as an he's a good return man. Yeah, um, he's not much of an offensive threat, but then again, neither is Ryan Switzer, and he's a terrible returner. So, holy cow, getting ahead of me on the agenda here. Yeah, yeah, uh, Ben, you obviously you know you you watch preseason for the same reasons we do. I, I yeah. mean, you want to see some of these guys. I mean, what, what, what's your take on this? And as Ian alluded to, it's probably going to lead to some bad football first I couple mean, of weeks. We've, we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks. There aren't going to be any Mike Hilton's or two star skippers or guys who guys who come out of nowhere and mm-hmm. make the roster and impress everyone and become the preseason darling. You know, uh, last year it was Johnny Holton and he was a huge disappointment when he actually you know, hit the field the regular season. Yeah. He's a, as, as Ian has coined it, he's a 4A player. Um, and, you know, I, I, there's not going to be that guy this year. Um, Ola Adeniyi is another one who, you know, surprised everybody in the preseason and, and made the team. Um, those guys aren't going to be around. In fact, the rookies this year, because there is no preseason, the rookies that were drafted are going to yeah. be at the bottom of the depth chart. Because they're they're not going to be known quantities. I mean, mm-hmm. guys like Chase Claypool isn't going to get any reps until October. So I know pe- we're all looking forward to seeing what he can do as a pro, but he doesn't know the offense. He doesn't have any familiarity with Ben. Ben doesn't have any familiarity with him. Um, that guy just he's I, I know he was drafted with a, a premium choice, but he's not mm-hmm. going to see a whole lot of time weeks one through four. He's just not. Uh, the same with, uh, Anthony McFarland, uh, you know, Highsmith, he's going to be the last outside linebacker to see the field. I guarantee you. And, and that actually hurts them a lot because they're counting on him developing because I mean, frankly, you never say never, but it doesn't look like they're going to come to an agreement with, with Bud Dupree and he will depart next year. Right. Right. Mainly, mainly because it's not like they don't like him, they don't want him, but they just can't afford to keep him when they're going to have mm-hmm. to pay T.J. Watt $25 million. Yeah. So, you know, they, they've got to count on the guys behind Dupree developing, and getting Highsmith on the field is going to be important, but if he can't go out there and compete competently, they're not going to go out, they're not going to risk it. You know, yeah, and, and Ben, I want to go back to something that that you said. You know, as as everybody that listens knows, we we chat all the time um, in our messaging app, and and we were talking roster stuff, and and you brought up a good point because I think all three of us have some doubts about a guy like Jalen Samuels, especially when you've got this this rookie McFarland that's come in. But your point was, with no preseason games, limited time, don't be so surprised if Samuels is is there when the final roster is announced, right? 
Yeah, I think that Samuels will be the number two running back week one. I know that people are are poo-pooing that because he had a bad year. Whatever. The year before, he had a great season. He overachieved. Everyone loved him. Last year, he has a bad season, in part, honestly, to the fact that the offensive line didn't play well, also due to the fact that they saw constant eight- and nine-man fronts because the quarterback sucked balls, and they basically (laughs) dared them to, to beat them. Yeah, your quarterback can't do a damn thing. We're going to dare him to beat us, and your running backs aren't going to be able to do anything. And they were right. And Samuels trying to run in traffic isn't good. You know, Ian, he broke down some stats the other day just between uh, between Steel Dad and I uh, right. on a channel. And the yards before contact for the running backs were a full yard shorter than they were the year before. And that's blocking, man. Yeah. That's blocking an, an eight- and nine-man fronts, and it's because the quarterback, the passing game was no threat. It was terrible. Yeah. So I see Samuels, especially because he is a competent receiver, I mm-hmm. see him as the number two running back and also a known quantity, knows the system, yeah. the number two running back week one. Uh, Benny Snell is not dynamic enough. Sorry, Benny Snell lovers. He's not dynamic enough to be the guy. Uh, he's the guy you want to bring in when you've got a lead in the fourth quarter and you're looking to blood yeah, the defense. Yeah, pound it. Yeah, he is that guy. And and he'll get some yards then, and, and people will just absolutely love the way he plays, I think. But I expect Samuels to be the number two at least okay. for the first first month of the season. McFarland, nah, he won't see many reps early on. He'll make the team, but he won't see yeah. many, oh, yeah. many reps early on because he's – He's not going to know the system. He's not going to be a known quantity. All these things play into that. All the rooks are going to be at the bottom of the depth chart. Uh, you know, Ian, Ben brought up those stats that, that you were talking about. I, yep. I mean, does does that almost make Benny Snell look a little better considering how quickly guys were being contacted in the in the backfield? Because he, he ended up, I, th- I think his average was around 3.8 per carry. Uh, I think it was about four. Yeah, because yeah. actually I have him up right now. He was um, – so I'll, I'll just run through him real quick. In 2019, so last season, yeah. um, Steelers running backs averaged 1.4 yards before contact and then 2.2 yards after contact. The year before, in 2018, they averaged 2.3 yards before contact. So like Ben said, nearly a full yard more, right? 2.3 yeah. versus 1.4. And then 1.9 after contact. So essentially the same, you know, about two yards after contact both years. Uh, but the big difference was before contact on on the runs. Um, and so Connor and Samuels were the only two running backs that played in both seasons. So they're the best ones to compare. And yeah. actually the, their numbers almost mirror exactly what the teams did. That after contact, 2018 versus 2019, their numbers were about identical between the two years it didn't make a difference but before contact connor was down seven tenths of a yard and samuels was down 1.9 yards in 2018 samuels average was 2.6 yards before contact in 2019 it was 0.7 so i i agree with and and just want to punctuate the point you just made about about samuels samuels is a guy that that plays better in a spread offense where he's got room to run when he's mm-hmm. out in space, that's when he can be productive. When he's got room in the, between the gaps, he's got room to, to maneuver, if you will, in the gaps. He can be effective. 
But when it's like last year, when he's got right. no room at all, he's terrible. And I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> oh, well, and I think I think the the point that we've talked about before too is that Samuels is a much better outside runner than he is an inside runner. Mm-hmm. Um, if, yeah. if you're if you're gonna run him inside, it's probably between like the guard and the tackle hole, um, and you want to do it out of shotgun. You're not gonna line him up in an eye right. formation and have him right. run behind the center. That's just not his forte. Um, but to to finish Ben's point about or Mark, sorry, Mark's point about um, Benny Snell. Snell actually averaged 2.8 yards after contact, which was higher than the team average. And the only mm-hmm. running back to average more than him was Kareth White, who only had a handful of carries. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, Snell's after contact numbers were were excellent. Um, they were among the essentially the best on the team. Um, well, his, his before contact number though was was poor. It 1. was 1.1. 1. 1. 1. Yeah, 1. but that. Okay. He, his, his overall average was 3.9 yards per carry, yeah, right, which right. is respectable. It is. It's respectable. Yeah. But he's not a good outside runner. He's no, not a guy no. who's going to make a lot of guys miss. What he does is run people over, and he's not a great receiver. So I, I just don't see him as a very dynamic kind of a player. He's a guy who plays a role. That's the kind of guy you need on your team. Mm-hmm. But he's not. he's not an every down back. I think he's exactly what you said. He's he's a fourth quarter hammer. I, I mean, yeah. I, I, that's what he's all or or a short yardage type guy in earlier parts of the game. Yeah. Um. I I, I want to segue uh, uh for a minute. I don't, I don't know if you guys caught. You know, I I one afternoon last week I I caught up with uh, Hall of Famer Rick and and uh, I asked him. I said, Rick, would you be okay wearing a mask uh, if you if you had to to go to Steelers games? And and his answer quite quite frankly, uh, floored me. He said he would wear a Ray Lewis jersey, I think, and a Tom Brady hat uh, to a Steelers game if it meant he got to go to the Steelers game. Um, are are oh, you wow. guys – Are you? yeah, where are you guys on that? Because uh, I have Fuck. no problem wearing no, a mask. No, I would not wear a Ray Lewis jersey and a Tom <laughs> Brady hat. Fuck no. That's what I told Rick. I said, Rick, that's would, that's crazy. I would man. go to the bar across the street from Heinz Field and watch it on TV before I did that shit. <laughs> well, don't forget though, Rick's got a streak going though. He, he's got a, he, he's like two hundred and some games or something. Yeah, Rick, uh, Rick's Rick's got a streak going, and, yeah. and Rick's got different priorities than I do, and and you know, maybe Rick's uh, less petty than I am. But there's well, no way in hell I would do that. Sorry. The uh, uh, the league did I, I mandate. They did mandate today that all fans will have to wear masks, and and of course there was a little blurb about New Jersey saying that that nobody's going to be even going to these games. Which of course we opened the season in MetLife against uh, uh, the Giants. Ian, go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just say I, I have no problem wearing a mask. I mean, yeah. a lot of times you you see people, especially in the winter time, wearing you know those those full face. Sure ski masks anyway so yeah, yeah I'd, have, I'd have no problem wearing a mask to go to a game um no, if it meant i got to go to a game yeah it's a small sacrifice to make to be able to see live football yeah yeah, yeah we, we I, talked I agree. about this we talked about this with ellie what two weeks ago and yeah, yeah. i mean we were all the same frame of mind you know when, when they when it was announced that the steelers were going to require masks um we we all agreed like with exactly what ian just said if if it means seeing the game it's a small sacrifice it's a small inconvenience agreed 
Agreed. And, and, you know, we know that there are people who are very passionate about the stance with the anthem and who kneels and who doesn't. And I'll be damned if I ever watch a game, if they do that. I mean, now it's even, it's even kind of morphed into this mask thing. You know, I'll be damned if I ever wear a mask and have to go to a game. You know, it's, it's like, are you serious? You know, that, that just takes it to a whole nother level, but I'm not going to go into that. Um, Ben, you you brought this up earlier when we were talking agenda about you know where the NFL and the NFLPA are in terms of of the testing and some of these other things that are going to go on. The rookies have reported; they reported yesterday, um, yeah. and and the veteran guys come in on the twenty eighth. Um, so, what 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 do you have as far as the latest between the two sides here? Uh, well, obviously, no preseason games. Uh, the yep. union still. Union is still pushing for a longer ramp-up period in camp and a later start to the season. And I'm just like, I don't know, man. I don't know if that's going to work. Roster sizes in camp now are going to be 80 instead of 90. Um, One more reason, those bottom of the roster guys Mm. have got less of a shot. 320 Um, guys. Unreal. They still have have voluntary opt-out. As, as long as you declare that you're opting out of the season by August 1st, okay. you can opt out. Uh, you don't get paid, obviously, but right. you can opt out for no penalty and your contract tolls. Um, uh, let me see. Daily testing for the first three weeks after they report. And then depending upon the percentage of positive tests, there mm-hmm. will be uh, a new testing schedule implemented based upon that they're they're really hoping that they're going to see testing you know on the level of between one and three percent if they get higher than that then they're gonna they're gonna stay with daily testing for a while uh supposedly the nfl has contracted with a private lab because they don't want to draw from any public resources right uh they don't want to they don't want to slow down people getting their test results back. I don't know how you avoid that, but the either. NFL seems to be adamant about you know paying whoever they've got to pay to do it outside the scope of, of the public purview. Um, oh, and uh, if the season is canceled, here's mm-hmm. a new one. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a weekly stipend paid to players. Now, I don't know what that is. They don't have an agreement on this yet. Correct. Here is the big, big, big one. This is what's holding everything up. Obviously, there's going to be lost revenue this year. Sure, sure. Because there are going to be fewer fans in the stands. Uh, They're going to be, you know, they've got a lot of other things going on. Um, There are questions about how the quality of the product, as you brought up, you both have brought up, you know, it's going to be sloppy football early Mm -hmm. going in the season, and that could impact ratings, everything else. Uh, Certainly the negotiating position. The TV contracts are already negotiated, but yeah. uh, you know they, they've got revenues from NFL Network and other advertisers that are going to be impacted by this. So the union wants them to mitigate the lost revenue over eleven years. Just smooth it all out over eleven wow. years. They're going to lose billions. The, it's like a- the NFL wants to take it all at once this year and next. Take all the bad medicine at one time. So they're negotiating on that. And I don't know where they're going to land yet, but that is the big 
thing right now. That's where things are are sticking. Okay. That's why it's it's about money. It always comes down to money, right? Of course, of course. Yeah, that's um, where the holdup is at this point, and and getting things finalized. So, so Ian, uh, do you anticipate there's going to be some players, maybe not just with the Steelers, but do you anticipate there's going to be some players that are going to opt out of this and say, "I just can't risk it." Um. Maybe I. So, <laughs> here, here's here's the 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 hard thing, right? Is that you know, especially a lot of the bottom of the roster guys are. I don't want to say living paycheck to paycheck, but I mean they're they're playing for their livelihood, right? Yeah, in a sense, the, they are. Yeah. The, the guys who can probably afford to take the season off. Um, you know, or the, the veterans who have more long-term contracts and, you know, the, the risk you always take is that if you take the season off and Mm -hmm. somebody outplays you, then your roster spot's not guaranteed the following year. Um, especially if you have a a large contract. So the guys who can afford to take off are the guys who also, you know, could potentially be replaced by a younger, cheaper player. Um, the the one caveat to that I'll say is sort of the the Ryan Clark thing that you know Ryan Clark when they discovered his was it sickle cell anemia sickle that cell, he had yeah, yeah. yeah that he couldn't play in Denver and really honestly I think that um you know that that postseason game we won't talk about uh, no, completely no. differently if Clark had been able to play uh, so that being said if if there are guys that have definitive health risks i could see them taking the season off Mm -hmm. um but i think you know i mean these are guys who play a game where they step out on the field and know there is significant risk of long-term bodily injury and they still every play Yep. Every play. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we saw what happened with Ryan Shazier. You see, you've seen what happened with other, with uh, yeah. Alex Smith, you know, like oh. they're, they're literally kind of putting their life on the, I mean, I don't want to make it sound like they're, you know, firefighters or EMTs or, or, right. officers or anything like that. They're what? literally out there, you know, like charging yeah. into a burning building. But like, I mean, they're, they're, they're playing a much more dangerous game than a major league baseball player is, or a, even a basketball player. Mm-hmm. Is. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I mean, we've seen the long-term risks of concussions, things like that. And, and these guys are still willing to go out there and play. Um, so I, I, I don't I don't think this is for the majority of players going to slow a lot of them down. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. Um, I, I think in all these situations, there's always a surprise. Um, and and I, I, I think, but I think you know, that yeah, Ian Ian touched on something that I I just want to punctuate again. Uh, is you know, like we were talking about when they were negotiating the CBA earlier this yeah, year. Sixty five percent of NFL players, sixty five percent a large majority make less than a million dollars a year. Yeah. And a lot of these guys don't have any understanding of basic finances. I don't know a better way to put it. I'm sorry. This is no, there, there've been too many cautionary tales about NFL players who ended up broke Yep. because they pissed their money away because they spend it like drunken sailors. Um, personally, I believe the NFL and the NFL PA have an obligation to teach these kids about money. Um, but they don't seem to take that very seriously. No, but that's, that's another longer conversation. Sure. I think a lot of the guys in the league, aside from the fact that, you know, 
you're a bottom of the roster guy. You got an opportunity to play this year. You may have an expanded role because somebody takes the year off. You definitely want to take advantage of it. You're going to play. A lot of them just can't afford it not to, you know, because what are they going to do? Go bag groceries for for the season? I mean, <laughs> honestly, what are they going to do? Yeah. No, I, I I get it. I, I think it's going to be a fascinating discussion if and when uh, any player, especially a, a, a premium player, makes that decision. But um, I, I'm hoping it doesn't come to that. Uh, you're listening to uh, the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida, serving Broward County and the Southern Palm Beach counties, whether it's commercial or residential, multifamily or condos. Contact Deck Roofing today by visiting deckroofing.com. Uh, guys, uh, Ryan Switzer is um, made some. He, he's made a, a few waves this week, um, and and he, he apparently posted on his Instagram, and, and I'm just going to read right from it. He said, "I believe I will be one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. I unequivocally believe that, given my opportunity, when my opportunity meets the preparation I've put in." I have no doubt I'll be up there and I'll be talked about like Julian Edelman is, Wes Welker, Jamison Crowder, Cole Beasley, a guy I played with in Dallas. I have no doubt that when my opportunity meets preparation, I'll be there. Why did you talk about a whole bunch of guys we hate? Well, yeah, that's a whole like other conversation because they are. Uh, I, I mean, they, they are all guys that play for teams that we don't like. But... um uh, Ian, um, do you like his confidence? I mean, you always want to see your guys be <laughs> confident, but uh, the 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 production on the field does not match that confidence. And I mean, he's been in the league long enough that you know there's years of of tape on him, and you know mm-hmm. players don't suddenly take a giant leap forward. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm very skeptical. He he has short area quickness to be able to get open. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have strength to break tackles and run away from and long speed or even medium speed to to run away from guys. And that's really where someone like like Edelman, you know, Edelman's a, a great route running technician, but he also has some ability to to make make guys miss after the catch and get away from guys and get yards after yeah. the catch. Switzer, Switzer doesn't. Um, not not even as much as Eli Rogers did. I mean, Eli Rogers after was was dangerous after he caught the ball. Um, Switzer is not at all dangerous with the ball in his hands. Yeah, I I, I agree, Ben. I want to make sure you get your two cents in on this because I I was uh, stunned by this comment, frankly. Uh, whatever on the comment. I mean, you know, if he doesn't believe in himself, he shouldn't be in the NFL. Yeah. If he didn't, if he didn't say something like that, uh, I, I would think that he was miscast. Okay. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Obviously he's been in the league a little while. Um, he knows the game. He knows how to read the room. He knows what he's got to say. He said it. Uh, but you know, I'm on record the past few weeks i think he sucks and i think he's a great guy i just don't think he's a good football player yeah um i look at what he did last year in particular as Mm -hmm. a returner Mm -hmm. as a returner which is why he was kept he was a sure-handed returner and they 
needed him, and they had he's incredibly ineffective as a returner. Johnson was 10 times as good on punts, and Kareth White, a bubble roster guy who barely made it because somebody got injured, was better at kick returns. Yeah, I don't see any reason to keep him. I see no reason. He offers nothing as a receiver, catches a a, a one-yard slant and goes down the first time a guy gets a hand on him. I mean, literally, mm-hmm. a, a mm-hmm. hand will take him down because he doesn't have any strength and he can't make guys miss. And I I don't see any value in keeping the guy. I, I, I'm not a fan. I, no, I, look, as far as this comment, I, I was fine with it until he started to bring up the other players because now you're you're putting because some, we hate them well yes of course as was mentioned uh but but there's no reason to compare yourself to those guys just if i'm him i'm thinking i got a lot to prove here i just need to go out and be the best that i can be and i'm going to leave it at that um and i and i know there's a lot of people uh in social media and steelers nation that that are worried that because he's got a close relationship with Roethlisberger, that what's going to happen is he's going to make the team ahead of somebody that probably should have made it ahead of him. I'm not going to say that's not going to happen, but he, he's very, very cheap. He's on still on a, a, a very team-friendly deal, um, but I, I'm with you. I don't see any reason to keep him. Um, super guy, not so super player, and and I, I want – Ryan Switzer to prove me wrong. I hope that he comes out and plays That'd like Edelman. I, I I absolutely hope so. It it helps all of us, but I I just don't see it. Okay. Um, okay. So let's just talk about Ben real quick and how much pull he actually has in the team. If Ben had as much pull as people seem to think he has, right. they never would have drafted Ryan. They never would have drafted Rudy. True. And last year, Eli Rogers would have made the team over Johnny Holton. So. Shut the fuck up already about Ben picking who he plays with and who he doesn't. All right? I do see some logic in the fact that Ben had a lot of of sway in in deciding who the offensive coordinator was going to be. But I don't think that they actually said, hey, Ben, who do you think it should be? Let's talk about who you want us to hire as the OC. I think that Tomlin just intuitively knew that there was a good relationship between Fickner and Ben, and he went, yeah. I think this guy can probably run the same offense and he can run it with the quarterback who knows it really well. And I don't want the quarterback to have to learn a new offense. And he's 35 years old. Let's just let Randy be the offensive coordinator. And, you know, when Ben gets to the line, if he doesn't like the call, he can change it. I, I, I agree. And and I'm just going to segue right from that because uh, we won't know anyway. We're, we're not really going to know the whole story one way or the other. So it, it really doesn't matter. Um, but it, it's and hey, definitely one you know, quick point. Uh, yeah. Switzer makes 825 this year. He's not cheap anymore. Uh, See that making that much? Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Well, all right. I'm going to move on. Uh, did, did you guys happen to get a look at Ben Roethlisberger today uh, uh, doing some volunteer work there in Pittsburgh? Looks like a hipster. My Very goodness. Spelled. It's svelte indeed. Um, I, I sent a picture of it to uh, my my tubby brother in law, and he said, "What did he go vegan?" I'm like, "He may have. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what he went, but he's clearly dropped some weight. And, and of course, anytime you shave off a beard that that looked like Yukon Cornelius, uh, you're you're going to look skinnier automatically. But he looks pretty damn good. Um, I'm not going to take a guess at what his weight is because he's always carried his weight very well. Um, 
but he but he looks good. I, I it's just one more reason, guys. I, I want I want this season to get rolling and hopefully as uh, safely as possible, um, to say the least. But um, Ben, you you mentioned, or excuse me, Ian, you mentioned. Uh, you guys both talked a little bit about Bud Dupree. Um, he, he's going to be here for one more year. Uh, and and then likely is is going to move on. Um, Ian, do you see any way possible that he is in Pittsburgh in twenty twenty one? Honestly, no. Um, yeah. Because given the contract that Miles Garrett just got, uh, that's pretty much what we're going to have to pay TJ Watt because TJ yeah. Watt is at least as good as, if not better, than Miles Garrett and so, younger. And yes, and he's younger and he's on the rise. And yeah, it and is not what it clinically is, insane. Um, so <laughs> yes. Um, so so I mean. Everyone was freaking out at you know whatever it was 125 million 20, average of 25 million a year like yeah. that's that's what yeah. we're gonna have to pay TJ Watt and and maybe we can sort of skirt a year with the fifth year option on his contract but I mean that's that's what we're gonna have to pay him and if that's the going rate for you know top tier outside linebackers then I mean Dupree can probably command somewhere in the range of. 15 to 18 million a year on the open market given wow. the season he just had and his age. He's a young guy too, don't forget that. So he is. I, I mean look at look at what Shaq Barrett just got too. So uh, after, you know, one really good year which was Barrett's only year as a starter, whereas Dupree's been a starter and now is, you know, on the rise as well. As far as sack totals go, broke that double digit sack barrier. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's there's there's no way we'd be able to afford spending what would probably essentially work out to, you know, $40 million for two outside linebackers. Like that's just no way. I think it's going to be $40 million plus once Bud actually gets paid, Um, you know, it'll be the 16, $17 million range. And I need to correct myself. Garrett's actually younger than TJ Watt. Is he really? Yeah. By about a year. Wow. Yeah, and he's ascending. So, oh, yeah. you know, I, I mean, it, it, that, that kind of is what it is. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm sure that he has standard contract language in his deal mm-hmm. where if he gets suspended again, he voids all of his guarantees and the Browns don't need to worry about it. I don't know how they structured it out yet. I haven't looked at it, but right. uh, obviously it's a very generous deal for a premier talent. Mm-hmm. And a 24 year old player, and uh, you know, if they wanted to resign him, that was what it was going to, what it was going to cost. And he just set the floor for TJ Watt's deal, and Watt's going to cost 25 million and one dollars per year. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you got to pay Bud 17 on top of that, that's 42 million tied up in two spots on the defense it's just too much it's you you just can't yeah. do it it's well just, and you, you, yeah you, you you've got a, a pending extension for for cam um you know i i know we're still a couple years down the road but minka fitzpatrick assuming things consider or can stay consistent excuse me um yeah i mean it, it it's which also kind of tells you why they're trying to stay young at, at wide receiver too um you know, so they don't have to keep paying that, but that's a whole other story. Um, what was I going to – I had something else I was going to mention here real Speaking quick. Speaking of paying guys, though, there yeah, is – Yeah, go ahead. I, I, 
I did write something about this earlier this year back around draft time, but there mm-hmm. is some contextual evidence to support actually paying cornerbacks that you're actually better off signing veteran cornerbacks than you are trying to draft and develop them because it's oh, that's right. extremely that. rare that you actually hit on a cornerback that you draft. You're 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 better off going sort of the the route that we've taken, the the Steven Nelson and Joe Hayden route mm-hmm. that you know, find a guy and sign him, and that's the the one position that you can make a really good argument that it's actually worth paying in free agency because the the proven guys are hard to come by. Yeah, the they Joe are. Hayden, yeah. The Joe Hayden deal was that's one of the best deals that that Colbert's ever made. And I mm-hmm. granted, Hayden wanted to be a Steeler. He had he friends in the team. He did. I mean, he he literally traveled to Carolina traveled to Charlotte to sign the deal because Mm -hmm. he didn't want to wait for the Steelers to get back to Pittsburgh that week. So he went to them and said, Hey, let's, let's negotiate a deal. And they got a very team friendly deal out of the, you know, basically they got, they signed him for what the Browns were offering him to stay in Cleveland. And he said, no, up your ass and, and left. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, that's one of the best deals Colbert's ever done. And it he, is. He it is. had some bonehead moves. But, yes, to yeah. echo the point that Ian's making, you know, even Steven Nelson, when they signed Steven Nelson, I said on this show, I said, I think they overpaid, but you have to overpay in free agency when you sign guys before, you know, during the legal tampering period, you right. always overpay. They didn't overpay. They didn't overpay Steven Nelson at all. They got their money's worth and then some. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, those have been two outstanding deals. And I, I'd much rather do that than draft and develop a corner and maybe Justin Lane will work out. But last year, man, I don't know. He just, he looked like he was lost out there. He certainly has a lot of physical ability though. It's funny you mentioned out. He's just 21 years old too. You know, so I, I, I'm hopeful that, that it clicks for him. Um, and didn't he just start playing corner? Like, rel- he he didn't come to Michigan State as a corner, didn't he? No, he was a receiver. receiver. Yeah, yeah. Yep. receiver. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He he was. So there 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 are some arrow up things on him, and and it is hopeful. But yeah, I remember your article, uh, Ian, uh, about about not drafting him, just going to get him in free agency. Um, um that is just about going to do it for us. Uh, unless you time. do it. What, what what else do we need to talk about? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I we, would, we, like, we, we don't need to mention any former Steelers receivers on the show. That that's no, all, I, no. I, I, why did you bring I, that up? I, I no. no, nah, not no. doing it. Actually, I have a much more interesting topic to bring up. And Ben, I think you were the one that pointed this up. It it appears that our Ellie. Our, our our little Mary Poppins from from the British Isles is a pro wrestling fan, um, and, right. I and, forgot. and yeah, we're, we're gonna have to take a little deeper dive into this because um, if that's the case, and there's a little bit of evidence to say that that this is true. We could have a whole lot of fun with this, um, if in fact, and we're not bashing pro wrestling by any sense. Oh, I, I'm, I'm absolutely bashing pro wrestling. <laughs> it's fake as fuck. I, I said it. Of course, and nobody disagrees with that. 
but oh, I just found a lot it of the funny fans that, think that uh, shit's real, and it's not. It's all prearranged. It's entertainment. Absolutely. Um, yeah, sure, there are injuries. Yes. Uh, it's there's a physical aspect to it, but it's acting. It is acting, you idiots. Uh, well, anyway, that doesn't soap opera in tights. It very much is, and and spangles and glitter and sequins. And it doesn't take away from the fact that Miss Ellie apparently, apparently, loves it. And, I wonder, uh, is it a British thing? Do the Brits? Just I, I don't love? know because lots of. Um, I, I don't know if you guys saw the movie "Fighting with My Family." is 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 about the true story of a a young woman who who uh, comes from the UK and becomes a, a big star in in the WWE, and it's it's a great movie. Missed um, that one. Well, I'm just wondering if if maybe that's not why Ellie watches it. Maybe she was inspired by a a, a fellow UK uh, a woman over there. I, I, I can that did that. I can just see her, you know, doing tea and crumpets and watching pro wrestling, <laughs> and, and, and 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 between bites, yelling "God save the Queen," <laughs> and then sipping her tea with her finger out, pinky out, and then eating another bite of the crumpet. And didn't she also mention, I think, on Twitter today that she's been working out rigorously? Maybe she's trying to become a pro wrestler. You know, that could be true. I I think there's something. I to had learn not here. thought about that angle, Mark. Uh-huh. You could be right. You uh-huh. could be right. I think. Wow. I think. Ian, you might know this. Doesn't WWE have a big training center in Florida? I have no idea about that. But what I was going to say. <laughs> I was trying to is, test your knowledge. <laughs> I, yeah. My my knowledge is extended to one of my college roommates was a big wrestling fan. So I yeah. watched it for a very short time <laughs> while I was a roommate with him. But um, I do know enough to know that, you know, the, the, the big thing in wrestling is like the heel turn, right? When some, someone who's yes. been like a good guy all along turns heel. Yes. And if Ellie ever turns heel, that would be the most epic day on Twitter. Because if she it just would. starts ripping on everyone, that might be like the, the greatest heel turn in history. It, it would. We might have to set her up to do that. That'd be kind of funny, actually. Uh, and I'm running out of time, but uh, hopefully we'll have- get her to listen. So. You know, have maybe, have, maybe. have her cut have her cut a promo with like a fake mic in front of her, just ripping on all the all the all the Browns fans and the Bengals fans and the wrestling fans. And all, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we've devolved into absolute zaniness, so we're gonna cut it short right there. But uh, thanks again for listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. Make sure you follow the website at SteelCityBlitz.com. On Twitter at scblitz, Facebook.com, Steel City Blitz, and uh, same thing on Instagram and all this other stuff. And uh, big shout out to Ty, who's a fan of the podcast and jumping on with us to start doing some marketing stuff and uh, excited to see what he can do. So no pressure, Ty. No pressure. And uh, that's it for us. And hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck.